Hi folks, this is Bob Main. Welcome to another episode of today's Survival Show. Helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. Isn't that really the essence of preparedness? You know, you sometimes you just have to do what you have or do what you can with what you have. I mean, it's sometimes it's impossible to be prepared for everything all the time and have everything with you. So you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. I, I borrowed that say, saying from, from Teddy Roosevelt. And so, that's pretty much what this episode is about. I'm in the mobile studio right now. I got about a three hour and ten minute drive to head out to do some business. And I figured I'd use a little bit of this windshield time to talk to you about travel preparedness. I've had a lot of requests lately from people asking me to talk about travel preparedness. People know that I drive a lot. Most of my travel is by car. And so they wanted to find out what is it that I take with me on the road to be prepared. Now I'm going to talk about both traveling by vehicle and traveling by airplane. I'm going to kind of break this down into two small segments and discuss both. I want to say that first of all, I'm very much apologize for going about a month without putting out a show. I think I explained last week that with my personal situation, my family health situation, mainly with the health of my wife, it's uh, I'm, I'm pretty busy, which I should be. That that's number one priority is taking care of her and uh, you know helping her with whatever it is that she's dealing with. We don't really completely know, uh, as I've told most of you a few months back, several months, about four or five months back, she did get a diagnosis of ALS, which is Lou Gehrig's disease, but we have a second opinion that disagrees with that. So she's undergoing some other treatments right now, and we're going to see. We're going to see which of the doctors is correct. We are praying for the best, but that is where we are at right now. So, and my job, my real job, has gotten extremely busy, which is good. It's good for business. Uh, writing a lot of business. I have to see a lot of customers. I'm in sales. I love what I do. This is a great job. My full-time job is a great job. This podcast is a hobby of mine. It's a passion of mine. Preparedness and firearms. I do another podcast. Some of you listen to my other one called the Handgun World Podcast. Some of you don't listen to it. That's okay. Some of you only listen to this one, today's survival show on common sense prepping. And I'm a common sense, everyday type of guy. I like to keep this rooted in common sense. I don't like going tinfoil hat. You ever listen to a podcast like that? You ever listen to one of these tinfoil hatters that, you know, kind of is a little bit off of his rocker? That's not me. I'm just too practical of a guy. I was raised, uh, you know, much more practical than that. So, um, for some of you who are new tuning into the show, I live in South Texas now. I live in San Antonio, the Alamo City. I was born in New York City, raised in Wisconsin. I call Wisconsin home. I'm a cheesehead. But I've lived in Texas many, many years. Now I live down here in San Antonio. So let's talk about travel preparedness. And let's talk... Oh, one thing I forgot to cover. I'm probably going to be putting out, putting out this podcast on Sundays instead of Fridays. If you notice, if you check your feed... You've been getting most of the podcasts, the new ones come out, on Fridays. I'm going to change it to Sunday. Sunday works out better, works out better for me. I'll release them both. Uh, both shows that I do, I'm going to release them both on Sundays. Okay, let's talk about my vehicle, first of all. Um, yesterday, had a situation where uh, we were traveling in the car, and uh, my wife got sick from some medication she's taking. And let's just say that some baby wipes that I keep in my emergency kit came in very handy. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say on that. In fact, we used the whole the whole bag. I had a small bag of baby wipes. So let's talk about what I carry in my vehicle that really doesn't take much room. Baby wipes. Baby wipes or, you know, these Clorox bleach wipes. Things like, well, you'd be amazed what you can do with those. And baby wipes are great because most of them are are fairly mild and most of them don't irritate too much, but they they clean well. That's what I like about baby wipes. Man, they clean very well. Hey, they're cleaning babies' bottoms and you know what? They can clean up all kinds of stuff. It's not very expensive. So the next time you go shopping, if you don't have some baby wipes in your vehicle emergency kit, 
Uh, take them. Along. They're great for a bug out bag. They're great for a vehicle emergency kit, or a get home bag, or a bug out bag. Whatever it is you want to call it. Again, we we give all kinds of names to these things. Let me tell you what I use. I've covered this before, but I'll cover it again. I have an old range bag, an old shooting bag that I used to carry out to the range with me. I bought a new range bag a few years back, so I turned my old old range bag into my 72-hour kit that I carry in my vehicle. And what's nice is I can pretty much hold everything I want. It was a decent-sized range bag. And so I stuff just about everything I need for 72 hours, and it's very portable. You know, it's got a good shoulder strap, and it's got two real good straps on it. So if I want to transfer it from vehicle to vehicle, that's what's nice. You see, that's what you, that, that's what you got to think about is how portable is this? You know, can you strap your 72-hour kit onto your shoulder and and go on foot for a while? You might have to do that. Now, my my big bug out bag that I call it, that's a Jansport internal frame backpack that I can stuff pretty nicely with a lot of things. And I can put some good weight on that because it's got the internal frame to help support the weight when I'm carrying it. But my vehicle kit, and I'm talking about my vehicle kit, that if I have to, I can throw it on my shoulder. So what do I have in there besides the baby wipe? Well, baby wipes, excuse me. Most of you know um, I love firearms. And I think that everybody should have at least one type of gun you can carry in your vehicle. That is, if you're allowed to do that. Now, I know I have listeners from a lot of different places. I have international listeners outside the United States, and I even have people within the United States where firearms are mostly prohibited to carry from carrying in your vehicle. Know your local laws. If you live in a free place where they allow you to carry a firearm in your vehicle, I think it's very, very important. Okay, and, and here's why I think it's important. This is what I think about. You know, when I'm traveling, again, I average about 2,500 to 3,000 miles a month. And I normally go to areas that I'm familiar with. But even when I go to a big city, like if I'm going to Houston or if I'm going to Austin or New Orleans, places that I, I go to a lot but I'm not totally familiar with, I may end up in a bad part of town. I might take a detour. I might get lost, whatever. And I might really not really intend to be where I intend to be for whatever reason. Hang on. I'm going to take a business call. Okay. Sorry about that. Brief interruption. Had to take a business call. Hey, money first, right? Business first. Got to take care of that. By the way, while I was on that business call, some knucklehead who is entering the freeway enters the freeway on the entrance ramp, gets in front of me and slows down. I mean, come on, folks. What driving school teaches that? What? What? Where do these people learn to enter a freeway, get in front of oncoming traffic, and then slow down? Aren't you kind of like supposed to... Uh, the way I was taught in driving school is you're supposed to speed up to where you're the same speed as the traffic that's on the highway. In other words, you're supposed to match the speed of the cars that are already on the freeway and typically then what I do is if I'm merging at the same time that somebody else is in the lane that I want I will slow down slightly and get behind them but I won't get in front of them and then slow down I mean and it was a significant slowdown like I'm doing about 70 and this person gets on the freeway and slows down to like 50 Oh, man, I don't, know. I don't know what driving schools teach, but you know, a little common sense on the roadways wouldn't hurt uh, some Americans today, would it? Maybe you can relate to that. So I was talking about firearms in the car and going places where sometimes you really didn't intend to be there, but you end up there, and it might not be such a nice area. Today, as I'm traveling... I have a Glock 19 9mm semi-automatic pistol in a nylon holster in between the console and the seat, the passenger seat of my car. Uh, so it's perfectly safe inside the holster. There's no way that this gun can fire on its own. 
uh, and guns don't fire on its own, despite what all the screwballs in the media tell you or like to make you believe. If you're not a gun person, I I just want to let you know that firearms do not fire on their own. Somebody has to pull the trigger. Okay? So it's in a holster, and I have... I have a, a cap, a baseball-style cap, over it, so you cannot tell that it's a gun. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've got my, um, most of you know, since I'm from Wisconsin, and I'm a cheesehead, I like the Green Bay Packers. So I've got a Green Bay Packer football cap that is covering up the pistol. And because I'm in Texas, nobody wants a Green Bay Packer hat, so nobody's going to try to steal the Packer hat <laughs> out of my car. That, that's my thinking, anyway. Don't know if that's true or not. But anyway, if you were to look inside my car right now, or, or you, know, you, you, you cannot tell that there's a gun there. And that's what I want. That's what I want. I don't want people to be able to tell that there's a gun there. If I need to use the gun, all i got to do is pull the cap off and grab the gun. The holster stays where it's at, and the gun comes out, and I can use it. So I have a Glock 19 full of uh, 9mm double tap hollow points, 15 round, 16 rounds in the pistol. And I have a spare magazine in the console. Alright, so sometimes I have a long gun in the trunk. Sometimes I have an AR-15 or a shotgun in the trunk. A lot of it depends on where I'm going. But I never leave home without my Glock. Now, today I am dressed uh, in business attire. And my shirt has to be tucked in because of the clientele that I'm going to see. I'm going to see some higher, higher level clients. So... I can't wear my usual untucked shirt, otherwise the Glock would be in one of many different holsters that I have, and it would be on my body. So I have in my pocket a little pocket-sized 380, a car arms 380 in a pocket holster. Looks like I'm carrying a wallet or an iPhone in my pocket, and I can keep my business slacks on and my tucked-in shirt, and I'll look like a business professional when I go to this appointment. You see... There are many, many different options. I firmly believe in having some kind of self-defense if it's legal in your area. And if it's not legal in your area, that's a bummer because they should allow it. Okay, so what else do I have in my vehicle? Well, I got a good knife. Actually, two of them. You need to have good knives, folks. I can't tell you how many times that a good knife has bailed me out of all kinds of situations. As a matter of fact, I'm going I'm to give you guys some examples of some other items that I carry that have bailed me out recently. The baby wipes just bailed me out yesterday. But I always have in my pocket a folding knife or I have an Eric Fritz Everyday Carry knife. Uh, FritzKnives.com. Hello, Eric. You're probably listening to this. Let me give you a shout out. Fritz Knives, F-R-I-T-Z, Knives.com. I first met Eric a couple years ago at the San Antonio Knife Show. I've interviewed him on this show, I think, a couple of times. And I think I interviewed him once on the Handgun World podcast. He makes terrific knives. In full disclosure, he gave me a couple of them as a gift. I can tell you, though, I would have gladly paid for these knives anyway. They're that good. Now, excuse me. The Eric Fritz... Everyday Carry Knife is a fixed blade that is carried inside of a plastic sheath that clips to your belt. And it's a little, I think it's about two inches of a blade, and it's really, really nice. You do have to care for it. You have to keep it cleaned and oiled, and you got to be careful how you store it and things. But it is terrific. I recently had my good friend Matt Chusnick, who's been on this show, who's a wizard at knife sharpening. I recently gave one of my Fritz knives to Air, to Matt for sharpening, and he was Matt was very complimentary on the quality of this knife, and he was very impressed on how well it sharpened. So sometimes, if I have an untucked shirt, that's so easy to conceal that knife. I carry the Fritz knives, and I'll put a link in the show notes to Fritz Knives, and when you go to his website, look for his everyday carry. Uh, he, I think he sometimes calls it a neck knife because you can also carry it on your neck, and you can carry it inside that sheath. You can take the clip off, and you can just use some paracord or whatever. Uh, he supplies some paracord with it, and you can carry it around your neck and use it as a neck knife if you want. Anyway, that's a terrific knife. I usually have 
one of those. Now, today, because I have to tuck in my shirt, I've got my Benchmade folder. My Benchmade uh, Griptilian folding knife in my back pocket. Always have that. Matter of fact, in the line of work that I do, this knife comes in handy. So I can make a real good excuse that I, I carry it around for work. Always have a good knife or two. Something else that I've talked about before, but some of you may not have listened to some of my older shows, that I always have in my vehicle emergency bag, my travel bag, since this is about travel preparedness, I've always got an air compressor. I've always got an air compressor that I can plug into the cigarette lighter in my car, and I can pump up tires. Twice this has bailed me out. Uh, one time I was on Interstate 45 uh, driving from Houston to Dallas. Got a flat tire. Got on Google and uh, a couple of other apps that I use on my iPhone. And I actually found out that less than two miles away from where I had the flat tire, less than two miles away was a tire repair shop that was still open. And I was just lazy. I didn't feel like changing my tire. Because it was like about 103 degrees outside. And I figured it was less than two miles away, so I whipped out my air compressor, plugged it into the cigarette lighter. I pumped up that tire. I could see the nail that was in the tire. It was a small one. And I took a chance. The chance I took was that I could inflate this tire and drive two miles to the tire repair shop. So I called ahead to the tire repair shop, verified that they were open, verified that they would work on my tire right away, and they said yes. So I whipped out the air compressor. Took me about 10 to 15 minutes max. Pumped up my left rear tire. It held air long enough. I was able to safely drive a little less than two miles and got my tire fixed. Now, you might say, well, Bob, what happens if you break down and there's no tire repair shop? Okay, well, then change your tire. But in, in a situation like I had, it really came in handy. It also helped one time when I was, uh, I was actually in the city working. I was actually in the city of Dallas working. And my tire went flat in a parking lot. I went into a business appointment. I was in the business appointment about an hour and a half. Came back out into the parking lot. My vehicle had a flat tire. Almost the same kind of situation. I think it was about three and a half miles away. There was a discount tire shop. Same thing. Pumped up my tire. Drove to discount tire and got it fixed. Once again, it was a hot summer day. You know, it seems like I get these flat tires on hot summer days. (laughs) But there's all kinds of uses for air compressors. If you just sit and think about it. Having one of these little porter. It doesn't cost much. I think it was like 20 bucks. And uh, this one was given to me as a gift. What a great gift. Uh, but you know what? I mean, you can, I think you can get them on Amazon for like 20 bucks. Okay? You might want to consider that. I keep various tools in my travel emergency bag. I've got a multi-tool. I've got a small socket wrench set. i got a crescent wrench in there. I have a small hammer. I have a small little hatchet. I've got... Couple of real good pairs of pliers in there, some excellent screwdrivers, just some basic tools. Some basic tools that can come in really handy when you might need them the most. I have fire starting equipment. Now, what I do, <clears throat> excuse me, every once in a while I stop at a convenience store and I pick up a couple of lighters, a couple of cigarette lighters, and uh, I just I throw them in a, uh, a little quart size freezer bag to try to just you know keep them away from water as much as possible and I keep those lighters in my uh, travel bag travel emergency bag three of them and I rotate them every few months I got a friend of mine who smokes so every few months I give him the lighters uh, just kind of as a gift from friend to friend and I buy a few new ones for a couple bucks a piece whatever and I throw them in there Okay, And they go inside my travel bag and they stay in the trunk of my car. So it's not very likely that they're going to get ruined. And I just I keep them rotated just because I like to have fresh stuff as much as I can. Stuff that I have a, know has a pretty good likelihood, likelihood of working. I also have 
some blast matches in there. I, I bought those a long time ago. Blast matches are great. Some people like to have magnesium fire starters. Whatever. Whatever kind of fire-making equipment. You need to have something to be able to start a fire. In case you're stranded somewhere and maybe it's cold. The winter season is coming up for some of you. I don't have to worry about freezing cold winters too much down here in South Texas. It gets a little chilly, but we don't get freezing cold winters. And I'm going to talk about some other stuff that I keep in my vehicle anyway. Just in case we get some cool weather. But you need to have some way to make fire. Even if all you do is have a small box of matches. Waterproof matches, for example. Or even just regular matches and put them inside of a bag that's going to keep them somewhat waterproof. Do something. Have some way of making fire. I also have a rain poncho in my travel bag. I've got one of these um, these frog togs. And what I like about frog togs is they... I can make them real small. I can roll them up really, really small. They don't take up much room at all. I have an extra large Frog Togs rain poncho. I think I got it for like $19 at at Academy Sports and Outdoors. I just happen to like them because they're very, very lightweight. They do a great job of repelling the rain. Right now I happen to be driving in pouring rain. So just in case something were to happen, my Frog Togs are in the trunk in my emergency bag. I'll just whip those out. And I got myself a nice rain poncho. That can come in really, really handy You know, if you find yourself stranded and it's raining. So think about that. Let's see. Oh, I have a hand can opener. I have a hand can opener in my travel emergency bag. I think that's very important. I keep canned food, which I rotate. I'm very diligent about rotating the canned food. I rotate it about every 30 days. Canned food's cheap. Um, they're not canned meats. They're canned vegetables and canned fruit. I don't like to keep canned meats. Um, I do have some beef jerky in there that's vacuum sealed. And that'll keep for a while. Uh, but again, all this stuff I rotate about every 30 days. I wouldn't suggest keeping it for more than about 30 days. You know, <clears throat> I mean, some people say, yeah, you can keep it longer if it's packed right. You know, you might want to throw some... You might want to throw some uh, MREs in your emergency bag, you know, just so you've got some stuff to eat. Whatever. Whatever you want to keep in your... But have some food. Have some food that's going to keep you alive for 72 hours and some water. Uh, I've got four bottles of water, and then I also travel in my trunk with a case of bottled water. So in my portable bag, I've got at least four bottles of water. And in my trunk, I've got an entire case of bottled water. So, if I can stay with my vehicle, I've got plenty of water to keep me alive for several days while I'm waiting for help to arrive. And uh, hopefully I can communicate. Hopefully the disaster is not too bad where I can communicate and get some help. Which I'll talk about communications coming up too. Uh, Since we are coming into the cooler months, again, some of you are going to be coming into the dead of winter. So you better have a lot of warm clothes. If you break down, if you have trouble, if you're stranded somewhere, you need to have plenty of blankets. You need to have plenty of warm clothes. You need to have plenty of long underwear, for example. You need to have plenty of parkas, sweaters, scarves. Keep all that stuff. Keep one or two changes of all that stuff in your vehicle. You might not be able to fit all that stuff in your 72-hour bag. I would keep a good blanket in there. I also have three of the very large contractor si- contractor grade plastic garbage bags. I, I, you know, I bought a whole box of these at Home Depot a while back, and they're contractor grade. They're very thick, very heavy. You know, they're meant for throwing away heavy stuff. Those are great. You can make rain ponchos out of those. If you know what you're doing, you can make shelter out of those. Yeah, and there's all kinds of uses for those. Uh, you know, you can also use them to, if you have to clean up, if, if you're setting up camp in an area and you have to clean up and make your area more sanitized, they're great garbage bags for throwing things away. I remember Cody Lundeen was doing a video one time and I was watching and he's a big fan of keeping those bags, you know, in case you've got to get rid of dead animals in the area that you're in. You know, you you can get rid of dead animals. You can help sanitize the area. 
and you can you can put the dead animals in these bags and hopefully dispose of them somewhere, or you can seal these bags up, and at least it helps. It's a way. It's a. It's you know, these are great for what they're meant for for throwing things away. They're wonderful, but there's also many many other uses for these contractor size. I think mine are. 30-gallon or 40-gallon, can't remember right off the top of my head, and I'm driving, and I don't want to stop and pull one out and check it out, but I think you get the picture, and you know what I'm talking about. So the hand can opener, the bags, oh, let's see, what else is in there? Uh, Well, I got a couple extra boxes of ammo in there so that I'm well-stocked. Like I said, I got some vacuum-sealed beef jerky, I got canned food, I got water. I've got Three real good flashlights. Do I really need to explain why you need flashlights? <laughs> uh, I don't think I do. But I got three real good ones in there. I like to keep spare batteries. At least one package of double A's. And a, and a package of triple A's. Be amazed. God, I mean, do I, again, do I need to explain the need for spare batteries? Okay, I also have sunscreen, very important. I have chapstick, very important. I have aspirin, and I have ibuprofen. And again, rotate, rotate, rotate. Uh, what I do is I, I take my my twenty my seventy two hour crap hit the fan bag, whatever you want to call it. I bring it into the house once every thirty days, and I just go through it. And I, and I look at everything. Number one, I t- to remind myself what's in there, because otherwise I'll forget. Number two, to look to see if I have to rotate anything. But I keep basic medication in there. So some aspirin, some painkillers, like ibuprofen or acetaminophen, okay, over-the-counter painkillers. Some people will keep other medicines in there, but I'm a little leery of that, because I need to study up more on which drugs can go bad after a while and, you know, whether they can be exposed to the different changes in temperature or not. I figure that aspirin and ibuprofen and acetaminophen probably are going to be a little bit, they're probably going to hold up a little bit more. But again, rotate, rotate, rotate. Every couple months, I put fresh, just small, I, I buy small little packages of aspirin and ibuprofen. Oh, wow, man, I just passed a, a semi-truck. Oh, God, I just passed a semi-truck completely flipped over on the side of the freeway. Oh, boy, that's not a pretty sight. hate seeing that kind of stuff. Ah, that's, that's the way it is when you're a road warrior. God, I hate seeing that kind of stuff. Okay, got a little distracted there. In my emergency kit, let's see. Uh, what, I talked about knives, right? Yeah, I talked about knives. I got those. In. Oh, I do have, I do have one real good survival knife in there too. I've got my K bar. Yeah, uh, it's black and it's it's coated nicely to protect it against rust. It's the uh, the BK three, I think. It's on the forum. I've put I've put uh, pictures of it on the forum. I might put another picture of it in the show notes. So. Check your show notes, or check my uh, my website, todayssurvival.com, the show notes for this episode, and you'll see pictures and links uh, to some of what I'm talking about. If you want to buy some of this stuff, use my Amazon store, folks. Go to my Amazon store, go to todayssurvival.com, click the Amazon store page. It's one way you can help support my show. If you like what I do, if I help you out, you want to help support me, you don't even have to spend any extra money. Whatever you're going to buy on Amazon, buy it through my link. I have an Amazon Associates program, and Amazon gives me a little fee every month for the purchases that you folks make. It's not much, but it, it's a little bit, and it helps, helps me keep paying the expenses and uh, reimburses me a little bit for my time because this is mostly a commercial-free show. I don't have a whole lot of sponsors on this show, and I don't waste a lot of your time in the podcast pitching sponsors, and I, I like to try to keep it that way. hope you can appreciate that. So support me that way if you don't mind. Okay, uh, part of the, f- the food supply I have in there, I also keep a lot of snack bars. Now, because I have to eat gluten-free because I have celiac disease and I have to eat gluten-free, that means that I'm allergic to wheat, uh, I have a lot of these uh, Think Thin chocolate bars that um, have a fairly decent shelf life. 
and I, I find some other some other gluten-free snack bars. And again, rotate, rotate, rotate. But I've got at least a half a dozen snack bars in there that I can carry with me. And that boy, I tell you what, that's bailed me out a couple of times. I was in a real hurry. Uh, the, here's just some practical stuff. I was driving home and I was in a hurry. I had a two and a half hour drive, and I was really moving. Surprised I didn't get a speeding ticket that day. I was in a major hurry. I just didn't have time to stop and get something to eat for lunch, but I was hungry. So what did I do? I had time to pull over for one minute, go to my trunk, whip out a couple snack bars out of my emergency kit, get back in my car, keep driving, and eat lunch. Simple little stuff like that. Practical stuff. And guess what? I got home on time. My my son had a band event I needed to get home for, and I made it on time. And part of survival, part of preparedness is taking care of your family, and I did just that, and I didn't have to stop. So, little stuff like that, just, you know, keeping things with you makes a big difference. I keep plenty of rope and paracord. I don't think I have to go into the reasons why you need rope and paracord, all kinds of good reasons for that. If you need to build a shelter for some reason, I mean, for gosh sakes, you got it right there. So... I've got a pretty decent supply of rope and paracord. One thing I like about it is it doesn't take up much room in the emergency kit. I've got some light sticks in there. So I can create some light if I need to between the light sticks and the flashlights. And if you want to keep a small lantern of some kind, maybe a small battery-operated lantern, that wouldn't be a bad idea to keep that in something like a a 72-hour emergency bag. The, The key here is you don't want to make it too heavy. Because you don't want to make it into a real, genuine bug-out bag. Because, again, the number one, I, I can't afford for it to take up too much room in my trunk. My, you know, Both of my vehicles are Hondas because uh, I haven't saved up enough money yet to purchase a, uh, a bug-out vehicle. Which I would love to have You know, some kind of an old Jeep or old SUV like some of you have. I know because you've talked about them and you've posted on the forum. Um, that's just not practical for me right now. So I, I, I do what I can with what I have wherever I am. And I've got all my business stuff right now in the trunk as well. So all my business stuff is in the trunk in the back seat that I have to carry with me as salesman demos and stuff like that. I have no choice. So I, I can't afford to just be loading this up with nothing but survival gear. Because my vehicle has to serve two purposes. It has to serve as my business vehicle, and it has to serve as my survival vehicle. So I, I, keep, I have to keep things confined within a, a tight space. Sunglasses. Have a couple pairs of sunglasses in your emergency kit. Now, th- this is very important. A lot of people forget this. I have two pair. One for me and one for somebody else who might be with me. If it's a hot, sunny day, oh, you're going to appreciate those sunglasses. Don't forget them. I just keep a couple of inexpensive pair in my kit. I have a really nice pair that I actually won in a shooting tournament. I have a real nice pair of Rudy Project glasses that, gosh, I, I won these things like almost three years ago at a USPSA competition match. And these are my good sunglasses. These stay in my business backpack with me all the time. So they're almost everywhere that I go. But I always keep a couple of very inexpensive pairs of sunglasses in my 72-hour travel emergency bag because they, you know what, I mean, they just, especially if you've got to get out and get on foot in a sunny, on a sunny day, need I say more. So that covers my travel emergency bag. I think there's some other things in there I'm forgetting. I might think about them a little bit later in this episode and talk to them. To you about them. Now let's talk about flying. Let's talk about getting on an airplane. Obviously we're limited, right? Well, not so much. Whenever I fly, I always check a bag. Sometimes two bags. I usually fly Southwest Airlines. And Southwest Airlines, I'll put a little commercial in for them. Bags fly free up to two bags. It's one reason why I love Southwest Airlines. Sometimes I can't take Southwest Airlines. Next week I'm going on another trip where... Southwest does not fly everywhere I need to go. So i got to take American Airlines. A little bit more restrictive. Hey, I still pay the fee for an extra bag. It's worth it to me to pay the fee for an extra bag. Here's why. 
One bag usually has all my clothes. The other bag has my survival gear. And sometimes it's a really small rolling suitcase, but I keep some survival gear. What do I take with me? Well, here's what I take. And by the way, sometimes I have some business demo stuff that I have to carry with me in the second bag, and then I fill the rest of it up with survival gear. About 90% of the time, I'm traveling to a gun-friendly state. So, I take at least one firearm. Yes, you can very easily travel with handguns. It's a piece of cake. It's very easy to do. You just have to follow the rules, and I religiously at least take one firearm with me. If I am traveling to a gun-friendly state. Now, if I'm going to a not-gun-friendly state, well, then I don't take it. Then I have other means of self-defense, which I'll talk about. I always have one or two knives in my checked bag. Again, checked bags. Keep in mind, I'm talking about a checked bag. Yes, I'm taking a chance that the airlines might lose my luggage. People go, oh, Bob, what do you, why do you do that? The airlines might lose your luggage. You know what, folks? I've been flying since 1985. Since 85, only twice has my luggage ever been delayed and never been lost. I've never had a bag just completely lost. Some of you, maybe you have. That's a chance you take when you fly. Not much you can do about it. That's why whatever weapons I take with me are very inexpensive weapons. So on that very, very rare chance... Of course, it's never happened to me since 85. But in the very, very rare chance that they might completely lose my luggage and I never see it again, I'm not out a tremendous amount of money if those weapons go bye-bye. So, think about that. But, again, check luggage. couple of knives. I always put a spare flashlight in my check luggage, and I always have a medicine kit. Uh, my medicine kit now is carried on with me. I don't check medicine because, for what I, the reason I just checked, uh, talked about it, if my, my bags are delayed, then my medicine is delayed. Common sense, right? Yeah, well, common sense ain't so, ain't so common sometimes, and people don't realize, they just don't think of this stuff. Hey, I've traveled so much, and I've had so many issues on the road that you, you learn from these things. I also carry, I also carry my flashlight. My everyday carry flashlight goes with me on the airplane. Now, I carry a 5.11 Tactical L. This one is an L1. It's a small little 130 lumen flashlight. I, I just I love this little light. I got a 5.11 uh, Tactical L1 and an L2. The L2 is a little bit. Bigger. These are on my everyday carry store. If you go to todayssurvival.com, click my everyday carry store, you'll see those, these lights. It's just a flashlight. Yeah, it has a small crenulated bezel for defensive purposes. There's a lot of things you can do with a flashlight besides just making it easier for you to see. First of all, that's great. This thing, Man, I have lost count how many times this little light has bailed me out of situations where I just need to see something and it's freaking dark in the area that I'm trying to find something and this thing is so small so light it's going to be in my pocket when I go into my business appointment it's got a great clip on it just a wonderful light always have a small little good quality flashlight it goes in my backpack I've been through TSA screening hundreds of times with this flashlight they've never ever Ever questioned it? Okay, it goes in my backpack when I go through TSA screening. After I get done going through the screening, it goes back in my pocket, and I walk on the airplane with that flashlight in my pocket. Nobody's ever said anything. If they ask me, I'll just. Why do you have a flashlight? Because I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> what are they going to say, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. It's just a flashlight. That's all it is. Of course, they're, they're probably never going to question me. That always goes with me. A tactical pen always goes with me. I like the um, Columbia River knife and tool, the CRKT tactical pen. I, I gave one away to my friend Rafi in Puerto Rico when I was in Puerto Rico. And, uh, and I got another one. And I think you'll be able to find that on my... Everyday carry store. If not, I'll put it up there. 
You can get that through Amazon as well. Let me give a shout-out to Columbia River Knife and Tool. They make a really cool tactical pen. And, of course, because it looks just like a pen, it goes with me. But one side has got a crenulated bezel that's really, really nice for self-defense. And the other side of it, it, I don't even know what to call it, but the other side of it is great for poking holes and stuff or for putting a hurting on somebody and using it as a kubaton if you know how to use it and you're trained on how to do that. And then, of course, you just pull the cap off and it's a magnificent pin. So I like it. The only downside to it is it's a bit heavy, but not too heavy. So my tactical pin is also in my pocket whenever I board an airplane. So I'm traveling with a flashlight that's sort of a tactical flashlight, but it... um, it can serve as a tactical flashlight and, and utility, and I have a tactical pen. My knives are in my check bags. Now, know the knife laws where you're going. Most of where I go, most of the places I travel to, if they're gun-friendly states, they're usually pretty knife-friendly as well. So once I get off the plane, I reach into my checked luggage, and I stick my knife in my pocket, and my pocket gun or whatever gun that I've actually traveled with goes on my body. And I carry that. So, you know, it's kind of like I'm, I got all my stuff from home, but I'm not at home. I also take spare food with me. I take these, these terrific snack bars. I, I put that in my check luggage as well. Always have to have spare food on the road. You know, I mean... I, I try to make sure that I take with me when I'm traveling as much as I, that I would normally have with me when I'm at home traveling. Because the same kind of disasters, the same kind of stink-hit-the-fan events can happen on the road that can happen to you at home. There's really no difference. And it's even worse when it happens to you on the road because you're in a strange place. You don't know where you can easily find help. And you got to have these sorts of things. In that separate checked bag, I also roll up a couple of the trash bags I talked about. And I take a bunch of towels with me. Alright. And there's all kinds of good uses for those. Spare set of gloves, especially if uh, if I'm traveling during the winter. And of course, I usually, when I'm traveling, I reach into my 72-hour emergency kit... And I pull out that little plastic bag of lighters, and I take some spare lighters. I, I, you know what, folks? I put that in my check luggage, and I've never been questioned for that. And I've never had TSA uh, give me any kind of a hard time about having three little Bic lighters in a plastic bag in my checked luggage. Not my carry-on, but in my checked luggage. So... Uh, you know what? I, they probably wouldn't even mind if I carried them in my in my carry-on bag. I don't know. Never tried that. I don't smoke, so I've never tried that. Some of you smokers, if you're listening to this, let me know. Let me know if you've ever done that. Uh, Some people have better lighters. You know, some have some really good, high-quality lighters that they... uh that they carry with them. That's fine, good. Whatever, whatever you know, whatever suits you. Whatever is going to make you feel comfortable. But when I'm on the road, I also want to have the ability to make a. Um, even though it might be a very, very primitive, very basic shelter, if I got to make some shelter, or if at least I have to use that plastic bag to to make a, a rain poncho out of it, or to equip somebody else with a, with a rain poncho if they don't have one. You know, I can do that, and I can start a fire if I need to, and and stuff like that. So, between that and the clothes I carry and the, and the business materials I carry, I'm a pretty creative person. So, if I have to, I can use those things in a pretty creative way. But that's pretty much what I take on airplanes with me. People wanted to know what I take, and I try to, you know, and of course, oh, hey, yeah, there are a couple of other things. I want to talk about power supplies. Uh, Power supplies can really bail you out. I have to make a quick stop, though. So let me make a quick stop. Let me hit pause, make a quick stop. And when I come back on, I'll talk about power supplies. Stay tuned. Okay, back with you. So, power supplies. I have a little USB power supply. I think it's like 1,500 milliamps, roughly. Um, it's made by Nutrent. I got it off of Amazon. 
And it's just a great little USB power supply. I think I only have to charge it about once a month. And I can charge up my cell phone. I can charge up my iPad with it. Uh, it's very small, probably about three inches, three and a half inches tall by an inch and a half wide. Doesn't weigh much. Cost me like 25 bucks. I would suggest having one or two of these. Uh, at least one of them in your emergency emergency kit. Excuse me. One of them in your emergency kit, and one of them I keep in my business backpack all the time. This has bailed me out several times when I need I need to charge up my cell phone or charge up my iPad. I can't charge my computer with it, but man, I tell you what, these little power supplies are great. Also, guys, you got to have a power inverter. I forgot about that. I don't travel on planes with this. I keep my little portable power supplies with me on planes. But in my vehicle kit, my 72-hour kit that I keep in my car, I got two power inverters there. You know, get the biggest one you can afford and uh, the one that doesn't take up quite so much room. These little power inverters are really valuable. I mean, whenever you need to power AC something, you know, that needs AC power, just plug this thing in. And, you know, I mean, you can you can charge your computer, you can charge your iPad, you can charge a small fridge, keep a small fridge going if you have to. You get a big enough power inverter, you can run a, a large fridge for a while. You know, you can kind of turn your vehicle, if you have good enough power inverters, you can turn your vehicle into a mini generator. Now, it's not, uh, it, don't, don't ever try to re- rely on your vehicle and a power inverter as, as a serious generator. But in a pinch, yeah, in a pinch for small items, you can get by as long as you got gas in your car and you can keep your car running. So have those, have have some of these portable uh, power supplies and, of course, spare batteries and things. Right now in my business backpack, I got spare batteries. They don't take up much. They don't weigh much. So don't forget about that kind of stuff as well. Cash. Wow. Cash is a must when you're traveling. Now, let me give you an example of that. Paying tips to people that can help you. Okay? If the stink hits the fan for you, even if it's a minor event, minor or major, I don't care. Your debit card and credit card may not work to give someone a tip to help you. Hey, pulling out 50 bucks in cash sometimes can motivate someone in a big way to help you get out of a jam, to help you get out of some kind of a bad situation you're in, right? You you pick out, you pull out a nice crisp fifty dollar bill, and, and that can sometimes be motivating. A hundred dollar bill is even more motivating. I'm not going to tell you how much cash that I keep with me, but I like to keep a decent amount of cash, and I don't throw my cash in my emergency bag. Some people say they do that. Some people say they keep it in their vehicle. It's not a bad idea. I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. I just keep the cash on me, on my person, in my wallet. Okay? I'm armed, so if you try to take my cash from me, you're going to have to deal with me and my weapons that I know how to use, and I go through a lot of training on how to use them. I, I still think the safest place for cash is on your person. I, I really do. I think that's the safest place. And, and have a decent amount of cash. That's a must. And, of course, it doesn't matter whether I'm driving or flying. It's pretty easy to take cash. You know, you can and you can take plenty of it. Now, if you're going international travel, be aware of some of the limits and the laws of other countries when you're bringing money into their country. But... I don't do a whole lot of international travel, although I am next week doing a little bit of it. But, of course, by the time you hear this, uh, that travel will be... Well, never mind on that. But anyway, have plenty of cash. And if you're international, you're going international, have, have cash of both currencies. The country that you're in and American currency. Uh, American currency is still... Still pretty desirable. Who knows how long that's going to last. That's a whole other subject. But American uh, currency is becoming worth less and less every day, every week, every month, every year. It's still pretty desirable. It's still pretty widely accepted. And as long as it is, keep some of that with you. All right? Well, that pretty much covers most of what I wanted to say on travel preparedness. It's not like my fully stocked bug out bag because you're, you're very limited. I'm very limited with space and limited with what I can carry, especially when I'm getting on an airplane. I'm quite limited. 
with what I can take. So I do what I can with what I have wherever I happen to be. And with all that, uh, some of you might have some other ideas. And, you know, if you want... By the way, folks, you can call my voicemail if you want. I have a voicemail set up for my other podcast. But if you want to call in some voicemails and give some responses or additions to what I've said or just some opinions or general responses, I'm going to give you that number in a moment. And you'll hear my voicemail say that I'm Bob Main from the Handgun World podcast. But it doesn't matter. I can use that same voicemail for both shows. So ignore the greeting and just say what you want to say. That number is 210-646-1727. Once again, 210, area code 210-646-1727. One more time, area code 210-646-1727. I'd love to hear your voicemails, love to put you on the show and see what you have to say. Uh, keep in mind, that unless you tell me otherwise, I'm going to put you on the show. The last thing I want to close with is don't forget about our forum. If you want to join our forum, please do. Today's Survival Show Forum. Just go to todayssurvival.com. Click the forum button. Follow the instructions to register. One more thing you have to do, though. Send me an email when you sign up for the forum. That way I know you are a true listener to this program and you're not just kind of some kind of a spammer. I'll usually approve your account in less than 24 hours. You can start making posts in less than 24 hours. But i got to keep it tightly controlled that way because it's just hard to keep the invading spammers out. It's just easier for me if you just send me an email and say, Bob, I joined the forum. Here's my username. Please approve me, and I will approve your account and then send you an email back saying, Welcome to the forum. All right. With all that said, folks, thanks for listening to another episode of today's survival show on traveled preparedness. I am Bob Main. I'm your host. It's my goal to keep it practical, rooted in common sense, no tinfoil hat, and I'll catch you next week. Thanks. Goodbye.